Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jen Lemmy. I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jen. Chad, we got a former pro baseball player in the podcast today, Doug Simons. He's current the he's currently the, the head coach at Covenant College baseball team, obviously. And he has a great life story. He shares a lot of it with us in the podcast. And he also played for the Mets for a few years there in the 90s. It was just awesome to be around someone who lived the professional life grind, you know, and now are, you know, now he's trying to pour that knowledge and that wisdom in his, his student athletes at Covenant. Yeah, and, and I really liked uh, how how he went from from pro baseball as a player uh, to a coach and a scout and how the Lord worked in that situation to get him to uh, to Covenant College, uh, I think that was so special to hear. And and then he gets into what they're doing at Covenant to disciple their their student athletes. There's a lot of uh, Christians that that would be playing under him, and so he's thinking, how can I grow them in their faith? Um, and just really getting into the foundations of of that. And I think you're gonna take some good tips away to to take back to your school. Yeah, I, I really like this one, Chad. It's you it seem so humble, you know. I think if I've ever played professional sports, I probably would not be as humble, which is a terrible flaw of mine. But you could just see that, you know, yes, he did that and he loved it, you know, while he was doing it. But he saw God's calling in his life change and he just followed after it. And and now he's living the dream. And uh, coach, we can't wait for you guys to uh, listen to this conversation with Coach Simons. It's been it's great honor to listen to all these coaches who are making an impact for Christ on their campus. And it's coming to you right now. Coach Doug Simons, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. You, you've, you've listened to a few episodes, so you know the first question. What does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Um, yeah, what does it mean? I, I think being a coach just in general, a non-Christian coach, hopefully you're more concerned with the person than the player. Um, and so, you know, if you are... Um, any good as a coach, you're going to be concerned about their being a good teammate, being a good person and such. But when you add Christian to that, that changes everything. And that also adds a whole new dimension. And, um, you know, now we're talking about eternal things. So as a Christian coach, yes, I'm concerned about developing the player um, and winning, having a winning program and such. And, and not only them being good students and good teammates, but I'm, I'm adding a whole nother dimension. It's more important. There's a bigger picture. And so I, I'm thinking about, you know, their eternal security, their, or their eternal life, their salvation. If they're not a believer, it's an evangelistic uh, mission for me. And if they are a believer, it's more of a, um, you know, discipleship. It's more about their sanctification now. And so, and at Covenant, that's what I tend. It's more of a sanctification uh, process because most, if not all, of our student athletes claim yep. to be followers of Christ. So um, it is more of a discipleship uh, sanctification. But I would just say it's just in, in it's the big picture on things because I've met so many coaches that their modus operandi, their end all is just to win the national title. And you know what? That's a great thing. I want I want to win yeah. it too. I got so much pride. I mean, I want to <laughs> want to win every game we play. But yeah. 
I think I think they're shooting too low. I think there's bigger things, um, more eternal things. So that would probably be my definition on that. Yeah, I think it comes down to the intentionality of us as coaches to really pour into our students' lives. Um, what are some of the things that you do on a regular basis to to disciple your players? Um, you know, baseball is a medium-sized program. It's not like you have nine players. It's not like you have football with a hundred and some players. But you have, you know, 20, 30 players on a, any given year. And they come with all different faith backgrounds and levels of faith. How do you manage that as well? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I'm always, every year, if you ask me this, it's going to be a different answer. I'm always <laughs> learning. I'm always developing. Um and so, cause you get guys that come in here spiritually and you got guys coming in here spiritually. Yeah. And I mean, our goal is that they leave here spiritually. So, um, you know, every guy that we get, um, claims to be a follower of Christ. Now, you know, I used to have a copy of the lamb's book of life and I'd be able to look their name up, but we lost it. So <laughs> I just have to take the word at it now. Um, yeah. But, you know, they claim to be followers of Christ. We're going to we're going to treat them as that. And um, so each guy's going to be a little different. But one thing that we found um, on our questionnaire, mm. if you go on our questionnaire because you want to be recruited by, you know, Covenant Baseball, we um, the last three questions we have on there helps with us and our vetting process and such. But last three questions are what church do you attend? Just curious um, where they come from. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And this is a required field. Yes or no, you know, and they got to put one of them. And then the last question is trying to get into in their mind what the yeah. gospel is. If God were to ask you, why should I let you in heaven? What would your answer be? And, you know, we stole that from evangelism explosion. D. James Kennedy came up with that, I think, in the 70s or something. And and it's it's their answer to that last question is going to be their view of the gospel really yeah. and so it gives us a lot of um input <clears throat> well one thing you know we've had hundreds of kids fill this out and what we're finding is this generation is um they don't know the gospel yeah uh, um, i would say 70 80 i'm a baseball coach i make up stats so <laughs> 70 80 percent of uh of the kids who fill out and remember the kids that are filling this out already usually claim to be Christians yeah. or churchgoers, but 70 to 80%. I mean, their answer is like, I'm, I'm basically a good person and I try my best. I mean, it's some type of work salvation. Yeah. And, and so I'm not naive to think that some of the players on our team still don't think that way. And so we've really dug into the gospel and what did Jesus do on the cross? Why did he die on the cross? Uh, what happened when he died on the cross? So that's what we've been focusing on the last couple of years. Um, next year, we've already decided to go over R.C. Sproul's book, um, uh, Save From What? And it's a nice, easy, you know, uh, synopsis of the gospel. And so um, what we've been doing, and it's going to change a little bit next year, but what we've been doing is um, the coaching staff, we have these um, little books like this year, we went through Jesus through Old Testament eyes and yep. eight lessons. And they're pretty easy because covenant's hard and I don't want to add extra, <laughs> you know, extra reading too much. Um, yep. But we go over a lesson as a coaching staff 
and then we meet with our upperclassmen and go over it with them hmm. and have our little study. And we, we let our upperclassmen break up the rest of the team in the small groups and let them lead them. Okay. And it's kind of so that they can be Timothy's in our uh, Bible study. And then they yeah. become Paul's and get to learn to lead. And so um, I, we're going to do a little more. The coach is going to do a little more hands-on with our freshmen and sophomore in the future. Um, but still some way let our upperclassmen lead their own. Small yeah, Cause that's important, you know, cause I think a, a lot of the learning that we get is when we actually teach it to somebody else, you know, yeah. I, I, I started this journey of uh, self-improvement 2016, probably. And I just decided I was going to devour as many books as I wanted, as I, as I could, you know? So I read more than a book a week for, for a year and a half. And, and, but then, you know, people ask, so what's the most, you know, what's the books that you really liked? And I couldn't remember, like I just read, but I really didn't understand, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I start being a little bit more intentional. It's not about the quantity of the books, right? It's about the quality of the books and the quality time you have with the book, right? And the same goes with the Bible. You can read the Bible in a year. You can read the Bible in, in a month if you want. But if you don't have the quality time with the Bible, you're not going to learn. And then yeah. I, I start being more intentional in I'm reading a book. I'm going to be very intentional in teaching something about that book to the team or to my wife or to my kids, so that it gets a little bit more ingrained in my mind. So it's a good idea, I think, to include the upperclassmen to give them that responsibility as well. Yeah, because I mean, I'm learning. I even sit down when I have to teach them. I mean, I got to prepare for that. Um, and I'm learning it. And I, I pick up something new even in my lessons with them that yeah. we maybe didn't in my own study or something. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um yeah, I think, you know, as Christians, we, we need to be uh, Timothy's to a Paul and we need to be a Paul, you know, and have Timothy's in our life. So um, uh, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a great. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. That's one thing we do um, um, on top of that, uh, you know, with some service projects we might do as teams. Um, I also I have soapbox messages I give um, <laughs> at the end of practices and, um, you know, I you know, at the beginning of our year, especially when we get the new freshmen in and all that in the fall, first thing I teach them is fun is not fun unless everyone's having fun. And I mean, that is just like, it's a way of, uh, uh, you know, teaching them to put their neighbor above themselves or think of their neighbor and, and, and love their neighbor. Um, and, and then I, we also go over the Matthew 18 model with conflicts and stuff like that. Cause I want them right away to know, as teammates, we're going to have conflicts. Um, this is how we deal with it as brothers in Christ. And yeah. uh, so those are some of the things we go over. We talk about, you know, don't put your identity in anything that can ever be taken from you. Um, I, I have uh, that talk with my girls almost every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that was me. My identity was in baseball my yeah. whole life. And, and I just saw when I was in professional baseball, it, just about everyone there had their identity in that. Yeah. And, and daily we were seeing guys lose that yeah. through injury or being released or whatever. And as a Christian, I'm, there's gotta be more. And yeah. so I learned that lesson early on. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I took a class in seminary from Jerry Bridges and, um, he had a stain his, what, you know, preach the gospel to yourself every day. I mean, those who don't know the gospel need it, 
but you need it too every day. Wake up every morning, remind yourself why you're a Christian, what Jesus has done for you, what God has done for you. And so I, I beat that in the brain of my players, um, but you can't preach it to yourself unless you know it. Correct. So, yeah, that's true. So I want them to be, you know, t- telling themselves what Christ d- did on the cross and yeah. he's done it for us. He's, he's, you know, he's accomplished the law for us and it's, and not, oh, you got to be a good person. You know, I don't want them repeating that every morning. Um, yeah. So not that that's a bad thing to be a no. good person. But no, no. <laughs> um, let's go back now. Uh, give us a little bit of your background. You'd mentioned a little bit of a uh, professional base, but I want to get into that as well. But tell us a little bit more about where you grew up, what kind of family situation you had, and, and maybe how that shaped you now to, to who you are right now. Yeah, thanks. Um. Yeah, I have, a, I have a unique connection here with Covenant College, why I'm at Covenant College. Um, I grew up in Southern California. I went to Calabasas High School, and um, I grew up in a church there, um, uh, Calabasas Presbyterian Church, and I wanted to go to Covenant College out of high school. That, you know, my older sister went here. I knew kids that came here. It was because my, uh, the pastor of the church I went to was a Covenant grad. His wife was a Covenant grad, so, you know. Yeah. When, when, when the youth are start talking about, you know, yeah. college decisions, they're pushing covenant. And mm. so, um, and I knew a lot of kids that when they went off to college, when they come back, it's, they're changed. Um, and so we realized, you know, college isn't neutral. You're going to come back, you know, beat up spiritually, or you're going to come back, you know, on fire for the Lord, whatever yeah. it is, you're <clears throat> not going to stay the same. And I saw the students that went to covenant when they came back, Kind of like those students who, uh, kids who go to Christian summer camp and they come back on fire for the Lord. I saw that more in them than the kids that went somewhere else. And I desired that because, um, um, you know, I basically went to church because my, I came from a broken home and my mom out of desperation started going to church. And so I started going to church obviously because I had to, (laughs) Uh, and then the Lord got a hold of me. And uh, through that, um, and there were some summer camps that I went to in Colorado that just God just changed me. And I so I experienced that Christian summer camp high and I look forward to it every summer. I made every summer ball coach that I played for mad at me because I had to leave to go to this summer. camp. And um, and uh, so I thought if I could go to a school, that's like the summer camp. Ten, yeah. All, Ten months of summer camp. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all in. Right. Um, but until I found out, so I wanted to go to covenant until I found out they didn't have a baseball program. <laughs> that was a little, uh, you know, game changer for me. And I guess they had dropped it in the early eighties. So they had okay. one from the sixties and seventies they dropped it in the early eighties. And, uh, so I crossed it off my list. Um, cause I just, I figured, I'm did you consider my- switching sports just so you could go to covenant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to play soccer just so I can go to covenant. Um, uh, yeah, no. So I crossed them off my list and I just, cause I felt like, you know, I'm gonna play baseball until God shuts that door on me. And, um, again, my identity was in baseball. So I was driving the bus. Right. Yeah. Um, so God had other plans though. I ended up going to Pepperdine university. Not, not a bad, not a bad location no, to go no, to school. No. no, it's not, it's not never a bad decision to go to school in uh, Malibu <laughs> on the beach. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but Calabasas, I grew up 15 minutes from that campus. So I was very familiar with it. Um, and so I ended up going to Pepperdine. Um, uh, I met, 
uh, I got drafted my junior year, okay. Los Angeles Dodgers, which was my team. So I was like a dream come true. I wanted yeah. to play professional baseball yeah. and the Dodgers drafted me, you know, yeah. what could be better? But my mom reminded me, you're never going to graduate, Dougie. You're never going to graduate. <laughs> you go off and sign, you still have semesters, you know? Um, so I had people pulling me in and I just met this girl. Hmm. I'm like, and this, you know how that goes when you're That's... a guy like this, I think she's the one. <laughs> Um, and then my coaches reminded me cause they didn't want me to sign. They're like, Hey, do you want to ride that dirty old bus in the Midwest or, you know, spend another year yeah. in Malibu? Cause it, 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 you get drafted by the Dodgers, but you're not going to Los Angeles right away. Right, <laughs> right. No, no, I was going somewhere in the Midwest and nothing against the Midwest, but I mean, I'm, right. I'm going to be riding a dirty bus, whatever <laughs> compared to Malibu. And, and then they also reminded me, which was a good point. Hey, if you're good enough to play, you'll get drafted again next year. Yeah. And so um, I went back for my senior year and, um, I didn't sign and, and it worked out. Um, I ended up getting drafted again, um, uh, graduating and marrying that girl. And we've been married, you know, 32 years now. So, um, ended up playing. Was God team. working in your life at that moment or no, it was still just baseball and girl. <laughs> uh, Yeah. I think he used that yeah. <laughs> for his ends, but yeah, but yeah. I, I ended up playing 10 years professionally. I was pretty, pretty much a journeyman. I got a couple of years in the big leagues uh, with the New York Mets and Montreal Expos, but um, you know, I got to play overseas quite a bit in the winter. Um, and so it, it was a good experience. Um, uh, but when I retired um, and I finally hung up my cleats, um, I didn't know what to do at that point. I had a degree in education. I'm not sure I wanted to be, I, I wanted to coach, but I'm, I wasn't sure I wanted to be a high school teacher or something. So I started taking classes at Reformed Theological Seminary. I was living in Orlando and, and R.C. Sproul was teaching there. I was reading books from him and that was kind of the draw. I was like, hey, I'll take classes here. And so I'm, I'm taking full time. I'm taking classes there. I get a phone call out of the blue from a vice president from the New York Mets. Uh, Omar Manaya. He calls me up at my house and it's like, Hey, Doug, um, now that you're retired, uh, would you consider coaching? And so, you know, it just fell on my lap. So yeah. I flew up to New York just to hear him out, see, see if this is going to work out. And um, ended up, I end up coaching with the New York Mets uh, in, in their minor league system. And I coached for four years. I get into scouting. So now I'm scouting, I'm trying to prepare um, for the draft and, and I'm hitting the road, watching games, stuff like that. I'm in my fourth year of scouting, my 18th year total of professional baseball. When I get another phone call at my house, out of the blue, just out of the blue, <laughs> this time it's a VP from Covenant College. He calls me up and says, hey, Doug, we're going to restart baseball and we want to know if you want to do it. So it's like one of those things you, you look back and you see, it's really cool how God brought me to the school that I wanted to go to to start yeah. the baseball program I wanted to play for. So I, I got here in August 2005 to start the, restart the baseball program from scratch. I've been here ever since, and it's just a dream job for me. I get to be on the field with a bunch of young men that were like me, that yeah. needed guidance in their life and disciple and to be discipled. And, and, and so that's where I am. I'm living the dream. <laughs> how, how did that covenant person know to call you first? Did they still remember you from you trying to go there or um, how did that happen? 
No, that's a good question. Um, no, it, it, when I first started scouting, we went to a church. Uh, we rented a, a couple of houses before we actually bought a house. Mm. So I, I didn't know scouting exactly where to live. I wanted to live in the middle of my territory. I had to cover four states. Got it. Um, and so one of the houses we rented, we went to a church. We went to church with them. Mm. And my wife met up with his wife. They were both homeschool moms. And, you know, when homeschool moms <laughs> get together and talk curriculum, they just, I mean, so um, I got to meet him and he wasn't a VP at Covenant at that time. He worked for a mission to the world, a mission agency uh, okay. through the PTA. And, um, and, and we got to, we, we got to meet and know each other and, and the such. And then, um, then we ended up buying a house, in another state. And, um, and I just, he ends up at covenant. I end up getting a phone call from him later and it was a God thing, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. The, was it, was it an easy decision to make to leave professional baseball to just go start? Was it like a no brainer or did you have to struggle? Did you have to pray about it and, and all those things? Um, this, this is a very interesting too, if you want me to uh, go yeah. into this, but when I started scouting and in, in, in coaching in the minor leagues is, is not great on the family though. That was one reason we started homeschool was to be together as a family. So uh, okay. you're homeschooling and you're traveling all over the country. That's okay. That's it's fun for your kids. Right. Um, but, uh, but I got into scouting and thinking that it might be better because I can live in one home and just work out of the home. And it, it's not. So I'm sitting at, um, I'm at a scout day at a NAIA school in uh, Cumberland University, okay. Lebanon, Tennessee. And I'm in a scout day and scouts sit in the stands and we're always talking about where to eat next and, you know, <laughs> and all that, or we doing trivia or just talking baseball. Cause you know, yeah. and so I'm up there with the Red Sox scout with a, a Mariner scout, a Yankee scout and all that. And we're up there and it was killing me as a scout that I'm not home very much. I had little kids in the home. I needed to be home, not on the road, but if I want to be a good scout, I was going to be on the road. So yeah. we're sitting there and I'm just like, I can't do this much longer. So I'm, I'm talking to these guys and I'm like, what's the best job in baseball? Cause that's all I'm qualified for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm qualified for. So what's the best job in baseball to, for your family? Yeah. And Danny Watkins, Red Sox scout, signed okay. Mookie Betts and all that. Danny Watkins, he was a former University of Alabama assistant, high school coach, and all that. Real good baseball guy. He points to the head coach at, um, <laughs> at uh, and, he, and his name is Woody Hunt, just retired this year. He yeah. points at him and he said, he's got the best job in baseball. <laughs> and I look at him, you know, like a dog turning his head. I'm like, what? What do you, what do you mean? He yeah. goes, look at him. See, see out there, but beyond left field fence, that's his house. He sleeps in his own bed every night. He says, look at him. He's on the field living the dream. Yeah. He said, that's the best job in baby. This was maybe three weeks, four weeks before I get this phone call out of the blue. Yep. Um, and so I started thinking, call it, because I, I had thought through, because I had to cover a lot of SEC schools, stuff like that. And I didn't want to be in that because – I'd be just as busy. Yeah. I'd be on the road just as much and all that. So, um, and having young kids at the home, I need to be home. And when he said that, I started thinking, never hit me. And it's just a God thing that not only was it a small school that called me for this position, yeah. it was the, like the school. Yeah. 
God was just throwing it in your face, like, "Hey, this is the right one. This is this is the right the next step. Um, yeah. This is the the next step." Um, how um, now you've been coaching there since 2005. You started the program. What changes have you seen in the in this these more recent generations than the kids that first came to you? What are some of the issues that they struggle with now that they didn't used to struggle back then? Yeah, that's a good question because um, it is ever changing, and um, and so you know, fortunately, I've had my kids were pretty much my youngest daughter just graduated from Covenant this year. Okay, and and almost all my kids went to Covenant. That's another <laughs> benefit of working here. Yeah, is, um, and so their friends coming out. So I've been keeping up with these generations very well. Um, and, you know, having a, a computer in your hands and access to the world changes things. And, and there's positives to having these cell phones and there's negatives to it. And so I think that's the biggest thing um, is, uh, you know, they're not being raised. Their experience being raised is different than mine growing up. You know, I watched Sandlot, that movie. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I mean, school lets out. I'm hopping on my bike with my buddies and we're going playing wiffle ball or over yeah. the line or something at the local little league. And, you know, hitting ball. We had one ball and we hit it over the fence. We got to chase it. <laughs> Hope there's not a big dog. And, you know, I mean, that's, that was my upbringing. And kids these days, you know, not necessarily, it's a little different with travel ball now. And, um, and so. And the parents also. Oh yeah. <laughs> parents are different. Um, I, I don't know. Um, every parent wants their son to be, you know, make millions of dollars in the major leagues and, yeah. and stuff like that. And so, um, it, it is different. It's a different generation. Um, not, not saying it's, it's worse by any means. It's just different. And yeah. part of my job is staying up with that and, yeah. and getting to know these kids and, and, you know, we're still the same as in, I mean, we're, we're bought by the blood of Christ. If we're followers of Christ and, um, dealing with, uh, sin and, 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 uh, the world It's just, the world is now just, is just, it's attacking more and more through these, these phones, you yeah. know, it can be. And, and I tell my guys, you know, like my wife, she read through the Bible on her phone last year. I said, so there's, there's positives. There is. There. Yeah. Yeah. And she could, she could be waiting at line at the DMV or whatever and, and do some of her reading. And it's awesome. And I can know where she is at all times. If she car breaks down, there's great things about this, but there's also, you know, yeah. the bad things. I, just, I equate it to fire, right? Fire, you can produce warmth and, and cook food, but it can also burn you to death. Yeah. It's a, it's that, a, that's a good analogy. I usually use, uh, um, I've used nuclear power before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, well that escalated know, quickly yeah i mean you could power a whole city if you use yeah. it right and yeah. it can be good but you yeah. could blow up that city if you use yeah. it wrong you know it's true it's so true. um yeah it's, yeah it's it's a different generation um they're not going to sit and listen to you long it's shorter you know little things yeah. their attention um i i gotta have energy i i gotta come out to practice so you know i got my 
Keurig here, and I got to get <laughs> caffeine up a little bit and uh, right before practice and bring some energy, whatever. Um, uh, and because they have a little shorter attention spans, and, yeah. and but they have a lot of knowledge. Yeah, and, well, because they have a phone in their hands, they yeah. they get to a lot of yeah. I remember even I'm just 30 years old, but I remember when I first got my first cd-rom encyclopedia that then i could actually do research at my house you know Mm -hmm. even before internet you know and i was like oh wow like there's so much here that i have no clue now they can do that from anywhere at any time you know whatever right hey google yeah correct yeah you don't even have to read it you don't even have to read it they'll tell you the siri will tell you and alexa will tell you the answer (laughs) <laughs> exactly oh exactly i mean uh yeah you you can't say something without it being uh you know fact checked yeah <laughs> that's true that's true and, and, uh, and most of our players you probably see this in 10 i mean most of our players i mean they're watching the gurus around the country on on, on youtube or you know t- through twitter or instagram or something and and so if you don't know who they are you don't know who the experts are and who's yeah. saying what not, man, you lose your audience. I mean, you yeah. lose your team. Yeah. And I've told that to my assistant coaches, you better know who this guy is and this guy is and, and what they're teaching here, or they're not listening to you because you're not relevant anymore. And so, yeah. Yeah. You only have 10 followers on Instagram. You're not an expert in anything. <laughs> right. Right. But if you say, Hey, I'm reading them too. And I'm listening yeah. to that. I've talked to him and whatever. I was at the convention and, all right. Their, their ears are a little more to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, coach Simons, thank you so much for coming on. Um, how can we be praying for you? Um, always praying for, um, uh, when I pray for this program, I'm always praying for their hearts. Um, what a time in their life they're, they're leaving home. Um, their faith has to become their own now. Um, I'm not naive. Some of our players uh, might not know the Lord, um, though they say. Um, so I'm always praying for their hearts, um, that they're in God's word. Um, um, and then when I pray for them, I'm also praying for myself in that aspect. So um, just that our, our program can be glorifying to God, to the building of his kingdom and in whichever way. Um that he sees fit, but that we're well prepared for that. Um, so that that's probably my biggest prayer uh, request. Sounds good. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Coach Simons. Thank you for his faithfulness through all of these stages that he's gone through in his life in uh, currently a covenant. Lord, I, I pray for the hearts of his staff. Um, of his players and in his heart too and in all of our hearts um lord that will will put you first every single day father that that we won't try to accomplish things on our own that that we'll, we'll always look at you first for for guidance father that we know that you care you care about us and you want to have a close relationship with us father pray that you'll be with coach simon as he continue to um pour into the lives of young young men um that 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 want to play baseball um but that he'll you know he'll share your message that their identity is not there and hitting balls lord is that 
um, that you love them, Lord, and that um, there's nothing they can do to, to, to be saved, but just trust in you, Lord, and, and surrender themselves to you. Uh, may, may the covenant program continue to glorify you and continue to represent your kingdom here on earth. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 That was uh, such a great interview. Love, love that one. And a lot of respect for Covenant College in general and, and this baseball program. Um, but Coach really got into, uh, I, I liked what he just said about um, young people just not knowing the gospel. They're on the questionnaire, um, you know, check the box. Yes, I'm a Christian, but I can't really explain it. Or if I stand before God, uh, I don't know what I would say type of thing. And so I think that's a great great thing that he's doing on on his campus is just making sure that they know what is the gospel you know number one for us to check our hearts are, are we uh, in the faith um, and can we articulate it and share it with others so I thought that was really good and, and then get into the identity of um, you know don't put your identity in anything that can be taken from you you know and I think we've we've heard this um, time and time again now and um, I think it's just so so important so so hard that we want to put our identity in in our sport and and, and making the websites and, and looking good on social media um but the the reality is, is that injuries are going to come maybe getting benched is going to come and then eventually for everybody uh retirement whether you retire after your college career or or pro career these these things are coming so what's left when those things are, are taken away yeah. And I think obviously articulating the gospel and teaching our kids how to articulate that in a Christian school, that's a little easier. But I think still we can't like a liberty. I feel like we could easily overcomplicate it for athletes, you know, but just make it simple. Just keep it basic. Just just give them the, the central messages, you know, and if you're not in a Christian setting and you have to be a little bit more careful, but you can still find lessons where you can just share the same principles, but in a way that won't get you fired or won't get you in trouble with administration. It's just, it's just a great, um, great note because sometimes I think we need to get these kids, you know, converted to Christian, you know, Christianity or get them saved. And, and I feel like God just asked us to plant the seed. You know, he will do the, he will do the major work in their lives. Us, we, we just planting a seed and planting a seed is simple. You know, it just takes a little hard work, but it's, it's pretty simple and God will make it grow. Um, and so very thankful for Coach Simons. I asked him after the prayer about family work balance, he had a great answer about that. You know, he talked during the interview, he did talk about being a scout and traveling all the time and being away from his family and how he's um, he's now, you know, he's found a system and a schedule that, that allows him to pour himself into the coaching, but then also spend time with the family. Yeah, 100% Gian and uh, just for us, as we're we're running these these podcasts, and for everybody listening, it, it would mean the world to us if you could just help us spread the word. Um, whether it's a, a tell one friend, uh, share share one link, post on social media, write a review, um, it is a, a big help to connect us with others. Um, but coach, we say this at the end of every episode, and it's a great reminder for me today um, that the mission field is right where you're at. Mm-hmm.